Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Just give me a minute while I try to get the link up on Twitter. It needs to give me a link first. That works. I don't know if you can hear my cat, but she is begging to go outside. She has decided she is an outdoor cat. So just give me a minute to get this done. And then we'll get rolling. Welcome to my kitchen. My computer's taking a very, very long time. Sorry. Mama, enough. Uh, Matthew, thank you for asking how I'm feeling. I'm, you know, doing okay. Not great, but um, doing okay. It's still not showing me the link. Oh, let's see. Maybe this is it. <laughs> oh, it is. All right, lovely. All right, let me get this tweeted out. And then we'll get rolling. We may have to relocate from my kitchen. I don't know if my internet is going to make it through the whole show in here. Okay. Brian asked if there's going to be a BSH cooking show. If there is, I will certainly not be the host. That's a Kelly and Maddie thing. Probably Albert, too. Not me. (laughs) Nobody wants me cooking for them. All right, we are all set. Now let me get everything up on my computer that it should be. All right, Kyle, could BSH do a show that features all the pets? Uh, That would be wonderful. Um, I've got three of my own. I think between all of us, we've got a lot of cats. We've got some dogs. 
Um, we should we should just feature all the pets one day. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> my cat is trying to say, "Don't trade Simmons." She thinks she's an outside cat. She was. She's um, she's a rescue, and she you know lived on the streets for a while, and now she thinks that she's got a nice cushy life inside. She thinks that she could just go in and out as she pleases, and. You know, I guess she can, but I worry. There's stuff out there that can hurt little kitties, so I try to avoid that. So anyway, hi, welcome to Saturday Morning Scrambles. I'm Steph Driver. I'm the site manager with Broad Street Hockey. I'm the executive producer for Broad Street Hockey Radio, and you are in my kitchen. So thanks for joining me this morning. I know there's a lot of places that you could be or would want to be or don't want to be if you're at work. Uh, so thanks for spending some time with me. Um, I'm going to jump into the questions that I got on Facebook, no, Twitter, <laughs> yesterday, um, and just start with those and then we'll jump into some questions here. I will be you know, jumping back and forth between the Twitter questions and what's happening here in the comments. So don't, don't hesitate to ask me questions in the comments. I just can't scroll up that much. So... If I don't answer, it's not for any reason other than I can't scroll. All right, so let's just jump right in. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of silly questions from, from Twitter. Uh, there are a couple serious ones, but um, there, there are some silly ones. So we're going to start right here from Nelson Swagalore. If the Flyers were on the Titanic and Hackstall had a lifeboat for five, what are the chances TK is standing on a piece of wood in the ocean? So, if Dave Hackstall was in charge of the rescue mission, um, I, I can't imagine that he makes room for Travis Konechny, which is very silly. However, he would make room for Ivan Provorov. And Ivan Provorov is not letting anybody go down with the ship. So I think Ivan Provorov would single-handedly rescue all of the Flyers, including Andrew McDonald, because they're friends. So um, put, your, put your hopes on Ivan Provorov, because that dude is going to do some rescuing. Um, as, as we're right here in the chat, Nicole has asked, is there a chance the Flyers have released a regular season schedule yet? I look forward to them coming to Denver every year. I live in Colorado. They have not yet, but they will, I believe, on the 20th, so on the Wednesday before the draft. So we only have a few more days. Um, they, they will have their regular season schedule released before the draft, which is a little bit, just the timing is a little bit silly, but you will be able to plan your life soon. Okay. Um, from King Township Fit... You just got called up to the big club. What jersey number do you ask for and why? So for absolutely no reason at all, um, my number has always been 14. So obviously somebody already has that number. So I think the way that protocol works is we would have to fight to the death. Um, and I believe that Sean Couturier would win. So <laughs> that's... Uh, that's just how it goes. Um, if I were, if we're not fighting to the death, 14 is obviously taken. So 
you know, maybe I go with 44. I, I don't, I don't know past 14. That's just always been, that's always been my number. All right. From Mitchell Mack, do you think, contrary to popular belief, that Hack's usage of young players, giving them small roles at first, emphasizing defense first, holding to high standards with correction, i.e. scratching, might actually create reliable two-way players that can build on offense later? Maybe. So, so my answer is maybe. I don't think that there's any way to conclusively conclusively decide that um, Hackstall is responsible for creating solid two-way players. So let's take a look at, at some of the players that he is responsible for developing. Like let's, let's just continue the theme of Travis Konechny, right? Travis Konechny, really good offensive player. No one would ever call him a, a two-way forward. But Hackstall's had two years to try to beat that into him, and it just hasn't quite worked. Um, I, I don't, I think that if a player was going to be a solid two-way player, they already were, or they were on their way to be. Um, defense first is, is a system, it's a style. I, I don't think that this team is built for defense first, but that's what they're, what Hackstall's trying to do. So I, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. And even, you know, if we go back to Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton had to get sent down to the AHL to become a, a defense, a defensive player. He just wasn't, he wasn't doing it in the NHL you know, prior to going to Lehigh Valley. So if, if that is what Hackstall is trying to do, I, I don't, I don't, see him having a whole lot of success just based on what we're seeing on the ice. We don't have very many solid two-way players. Um, Cass is saying he made Ghost Game develop nicely as a two-way player. That's about it. You know, Shane Gossespear, when he came onto the scene as a rookie, took the game by storm. He was already going to be a very good hockey player. Yes, he had some work to do in the defensive end, but that was gonna that was gonna be the case, no matter who was the coach. Um, and that's that's just how I feel. So, if we, if we look at if we look at the team, who would we even say is solid solid two ways? Giroux, Couturier, Raffle, Voracek, backcheck sometimes. Uh, Wayne Simmons is is solid defensively. Um, You've got, I guess, you know, Scott Lawton now. Um, there's just, there's not a whole lot. And that seems, they're, they're drafting players that are lauded as two-way, two-way players. You've got to, you've got to be able to play all 200 feet. So it's not a bad thing. I just don't think that scratching a player is responsible for a, a two-way style. Okay. From Brian, who asked the question on Twitter and is hanging out here. Uh, which scenario is more likely to happen? Hexy signing John Tavares. Hexy trading for Eric Carlson. 
Hexy firing Dave Hextall at any point before, during, or after next season. Hexy agreeing to sit down with Broad Street Hockey Radio for an hour-long interview. Um, well, I, if, if we're talking likelihoods, it would be the latter. So you know, we, we are a media outlet. We do have media credentials. We do have relationships with the team. If we wanted to, we could, we could ask for um, interviews. We could ask for access to players, for staff. That's just not the type of show that we put together. That's not the type of show that um, we're not the type of show that really provides for many other opinions. We already have four really strong ones. So we could. We could we could reach out to the team and ask them for an interview with Ron Hextall, uh, but we, we don't. Um, so that's out, – out of those four, that – would be the most likely to happen. Um, I really, really want them to make a strong push for John Tavares. I don't expect it to happen. There are 30 teams, 31 teams that are, that are trying to make a push for John Tavares. We're probably, you know, ranked in the top third, I would think. Um, but there's a lot of competition out there for the guy. And I don't know I don't know whether we're still a top free agent destination. So yes, I really, really want it to happen, but I'm not going to be inconsolable if it doesn't. I think that the chances of it happening are, are, are slim. Uh, trading for Eric Carlson. Um, would also, I, I think that that would, that's probably the least likely to happen. Um, that's, uh, that's very unlikely to happen. He needs, sorry, there's a, there's a wasp on my window and I'm just making sure that it's not inside the house. It doesn't look to be. It's, it's on the outside. Um, Eric Carlson needs to get the hell out of Ottawa. He needs to get the hell out of Ottawa immediately. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot to, to get him. Maybe less with all of this going on, but it's still going to take a lot. Um, and then the last is, would Dave Haxtell, or is Ron Haxtell going to fire Dave Haxtell before during the season? Never say never, but that's also highly unlikely. I I don't see that happening, and I don't see Ron Hextall as being a fire coach during the season type player. Um, Brian, just to follow up on the first part, would love to see a player episode, a player special, player on a... So after my stroke, I have a really hard time seeing. I've got a lot of problems with my eyes, so I'm sorry if I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time reading the comments as they're scrolling by. I'm doing my best. Um, so Brian, I would love to see a player on a special episode of BSH Radio. That would be awesome. It would be, and you know, I'll try to make it happen. The problem is, is that the questions that the questions that we want to ask, the questions that you guys want us to ask, we can't ask. The, there, there's a reason that the media gets the most boring quotes. 
the, the beats get the most boring quotes ever of all time. You know what the players are going to say. It's because the players are not going to answer more difficult questions. And asking the difficult questions is part of our brand. So that's just, I, I, I want to ask, you know, I want to ask Ghost, how much do you hate Dave Haxtall? Like, how badly did those scratchings fuck up your game? But I can't. I can't ask those questions. Um, Bob, thoughts on the Galchenyuk for Domi trade? I feel really bad for Montreal fans. You remember, you remember the curse of June, June 23rd for the Flyers? June 22nd. See, now I can't even remember. I've, I'm doing my best. Um, the, the, the Canadians on June 15th have done player for player trades twice. And they've been on the wrong side of both of them. So last year it was Sergachev for Druen. And, you know, Druen's a good player. But Sergachev is much better and is, has proven to be much better just in the year since the trade. And then this year, Max Domi for Alex Galchenyuk. Bergevin has done just about everything they could do to decrease his trade values to to the point where all he could get back is Max Domi. I don't I follow the Coyotes fairly closely because I really, really, really like Jacob Chikrin. Really, really, really like Jacob Chikrin. Um Max Domi, he's okay. He's alright. You know, he was alright on a bad team. Um could he do better in Montreal? I think he did need a change of scenery. I think that Galchenyuk absolutely needed a change of scenery, but he's he's a center, and they were playing him at wing just because they didn't want to play him at center. So I I think that <laughs> I think Arizona definitely got the better end of this deal here, um, and I think that they might. They might make. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say they'll make a push next year because Rick Tockett is still the coach, and I think that he's the worst coach in the league. I think he's the worst coach in the NHL and the AHL. He just he's got no business being a head coach of a hockey team. So that's definitely going to hold them back. But um, both players, both players, this is a change of scenery trade. They both needed it. So I, I think that they'll both thrive in their new with their new teams. Um, I just hope that uh, Arizona does a little bit better. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Let's see. Let me go back. From Chris, on a scale from 1 to 10, how frustrated are you by the fact that Hextall won't even contact Kovalchuk's agent? Um... I would say, no, if this is true, and I don't believe anything that's that's said. Um, Bob is reminding me that Subban Forever was straight up as well. I know it was, but it wasn't on June 15th. It was a different, it was a different day. Um, June 15th was one for one, two years in a row. Um, 
<laughs> Montreal is, is doing great trades. I hope that Ron's calling Ber- Bergman every single day. Um, how upset am I? I? I don't believe. I don't believe everything that's said about what Ron Hextall's plans are or not, um, especially things that Ron Hextall himself is saying. Um, I just don't believe it to be true. So, you know, if the report is that he won't contact Kovalchuk's agent, I just don't believe it. I, I just don't believe it. Um, that being said, you know, Kovalchuk is, I think he's 35. Let me double check that. I think he's 35. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm looking that up, because it's going to take a minute. Yeah, he's 35, just turned 35. Um, He's coming off a couple good seasons in the KHL. Um, He's 35, he turned 35 in April. Um, He's coming off some good seasons. Now, he is someone that I think could improve the Flyers, but I don't want him for more than two years, maybe three. Maybe three, because I think that he still has it. I I think that he could improve the team. I don't know where he would fit, but I think he could improve the team and it would piss off New Jersey, which is even better. Um I I would I would like him as a flyer. I don't want him as a ranger unless unless he's got nothing left in the tank and then please please go to the Rangers because that would make my heart happy just for them to make a big deal and it to fall flat. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm frustrated. So if this were true and he's not making a push, which again, I don't really believe, um, I, I, I do have a certain level of frustration at the, I'm trying, I'm trying to delicately say, the I'm smarter than you attitude. And I don't know whether I can. Um, I do have a certain level of frustration with the inability to bring in talented free agents. Um, and, and the inability to assess that that's probably what your team needs. Um, Oh, Brian brings up a good point. I'm not interested in him, but the idea of Kovalchuk and Hack coexisting is pretty epic. That would be really spectacular. <laughs> that would be something. Um, all right, let me get to the next question. From Amanda, with the Wells Fargo Center going through some renovations, what would you like them to do to make the arena or fan experience better? That's a really good question. Um, and I don't know whether I have an answer because you know, we've, we've all seen, um, Luke, <laughs> we've all seen the, the Vegas fan experience uh, and how it's just, it's incredible. You know, I, I was there in Vegas with a bunch of you it was so much fun just being in that arena, and I don't know how to make that translate to the Flyers. So I know that they they um, 
they they replaced all of the seats, all the chairs, and that'll be good. I've always found that they were really close together. Like I've always felt claustrophobic. Like there's people on top of me in all directions, and and that's just not something I want when I'm at a Flyers game. Um, but you know, maybe maybe more free stuff. I'm I'm I really like free t-shirts. <laughs> I like free things. Um, you know, food is, is the food there is pretty good. They just renovated their whole food area on the second floor. Um, and drinks are easy to come by. They have tiny wines now. That's fun. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a great answer, but you know, something does need to be done for the fan experience just because as, as we've mentioned on the radio show quite a few times, it's very quiet in there. It's very quiet. Now, that's probably a result of the team not being great. They're just not great, but um, it, something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. All right. From Artsy, what league does Hart play in game one, mid-season game, final game? Um, well, game one, he's going to be with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, mid-season, probably also with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. At the end of the season... Probably still with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I don't think that he's going to be the guy that gets called up when there is an injury to Elliot and Neubert. And I'm saying both because we both know how, we all know how injury prone the two of them are. Um, I saw someone try to make the comment the other day that Brian Elliott was never injury prone until he got here, which... I, I would like for you to say that to St. Louis and, and see what their reaction is because that is <laughs> untrue. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll both, they'll both get hurt at some point. And I think that Lyon is going to be the call up now, as of right now, Alex Lyon does not have a contract through the 2018-19 season. He will be a restricted free agent. I expect for him to be tendered. Um, Anthony Stolarz will also be a restricted free agent, and I believe that they'll probably let him walk. That's that's what I'm getting from the team. That's kind of what I'm hearing. I, I believe that, that he'll walk, um, which sucks, but the, the injury, um, that's gross. Uh, the injuries have not, have not helped him, have not helped his cause, and there have been, there are a lot of goalies there are a lot of goalies coming up in that system. Uh, let's see. Oh, from Adam, who I think is also hanging out with us here. Given how they finished the, the season and the pickups they have, do you think Arizona makes the playoffs? I really want to say yes. I really want to say yes. I like that team. I like that team. I believe in some of the youngsters. However, they are still voluntarily paying Zach Ronaldo and Nick Cousins to be starters on that team. They're not sitting in the press box. They're starting. Um, that's a problem. 
that's not a system that works. Those are not players that are good. And Rick Tockett is not a good coach. So I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I think that Chaika is making the right moves. I think that he's doing the right stuff. I just don't think he's got the right guy behind the bench. I don't know. Um, so we've been talking about this next question for a while. So it's from Steve Bacardi. Um, would love to know which young players from around the league the BSH gang would like the Flyers to target and what you'd offer to get them. We've been talking about this for quite a while. And everyone has their own opinions. So Calgary is someone that we've, you know, we've looked at their roster and tried to figure out wh who we want, what we want from that team. Um, I really, really want um, Brunette Link. And now I can't remember his name. Um, I have a lot of problems with recall, too. So my eyes and my brain are just, you know, we're, we're doing our best. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Um, I know that Jake really wants Dougie Hamilton. Um, I wholeheartedly, uh, yes, thank you, Cass, Sean Monahan, thank you. Um, Jake really wants Dougie Hamilton. I object to any adult that calls himself Dougie. Um, but, you know, he would help. He would help the players. Now, I personally don't want Ryan O'Reilly, which is someone that Brian mentioned. I, I just don't. I don't want Ryan O'Reilly. I think that, you know, when, when you're saying publicly that you've you've lost your passion for the game that, and, and you're the captain of your team, I just don't I just don't think that's a good look. I don't think that that's someone that I want around the young players. And that's that's really what I'm looking at here. So so not only talent, but who do I want in the locker room around Nolan Patrick, Travis Konechny, um, Travis Sanheim, and, and then hopefully, you know, whatever, whatever youth there is coming up on defense next, um, which, you know, six months ago, I was going to say it was Samuel Moran's year. Um, but it's now looking as if that will not be the case because of his injury. Um, you know, everyone, I'm seeing Barry mention Mike Hoffman. Um, he's very talented. He's very talented. Uh, he's good hockey player. I don't know what the hell is going on up there in Ottawa. You know, he's doubling down on we didn't do anything wrong. I don't know, and I don't think any any teams are going to touch that. I don't think anybody is going to touch that until we figure out. I, I don't think anyone's going to, you know. I, I, Ottawa really painted themselves into a corner. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where he's going to play. All right, let's see. Um. So RJ asked me this question and, and it's, it's a question that definitely gave me pause because of the last part. So 
Are there more than 15 teams in the league? The Flyers should be willing to trade their entire roster, farm included, with. What is the exact number? So, RJ, I'm not going to be exact because that would be the most ludicrous thing that anybody has ever asked of me to know all of the 31 teams and the um, and the farm systems for all 31 teams. That's absolutely ludicrous. Um, I would say that there are fewer. There are fewer than 15 teams in which I would do that. Um, just to list a few, Winnipeg, they've got a lot going on. Um, probably Toronto. I'd like to see what Edmonton could do without a sociopath running the front office. Um, I might even, uh, I was going to say, I might even like to see what Buffalo could do. But uh, I think that they're just a haunted franchise right now. Um, I think that Vegas has a lot of fun potential, but would they still be fun if they weren't in Vegas? I don't know. Um, Arizona could be fun. They've got they've got some good pieces. They've got some good pieces, and they've got some guys coming up. Missy, stop. Uh, it could be it could be fun to see what they could do. Um, I think that it would be foolish to not say the Capitals of this. They just won a cup, um, which I will not acknowledge right now. Um, what other teams? I thought I, yesterday. I thought maybe Boston, but I don't love their prospects. Um. Who else in the East? I've considered Nashville. So maybe Nashville. They they seem to find defensemen out of thin air. Um, Brian, I, I I let Pittsburgh pass my mind. I thought about it. Um, I just can't bring myself to say that. Could you, oh god, I can't, I can't, I can't bring myself to say it. Um. I think that that's probably about it. There's probably teams that I'm forgetting. But in a, not very many. The the Flyers, as of last year, had the top-rated prospect system in all of hockey. Like the, We do have, you know, there is help, help, help. God, I'm trying, I'm trying. There is help coming. The reinforcements are coming. It's just, man, it's slow. It's slow. And we're trying really hard to keep the veterans and the production up. Oh, Bob makes a good point in Colorado. Very possibly. They've got a lot of youngsters out there. Um, they've got a pretty good prospect pool. Possibly Colorado. Possibly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a 100% yes. All right. Let's see what other questions. Okay, from Patrick. With Hextall's comments yesterday, so it was actually two days ago at this point, 
what is the earliest you expect this team to contend? And do you see him as the GM of that contending team? I loved him. It's now gone to a lukewarm like. And I think that's okay. Um, I, I did a tweet yesterday where I said I think people are more in love with the idea of Ron Hextall than the actual Flyers GM Ron Hextall. Um, in, in that, you know, people like to overemphasize some of the moves that he's made um, and create their own narratives and their own stories about why things are happening and why it's taking so long. And I get it. There is a process, but he's also completely hitching his wagon to Dave Hackstall. Completely. He's refused to get rid of him under any circumstances. Now we're going into season four. Um, Oh, thank you, Bob. That was very nice. Um, we're going into season four of Dave Hackstall. Uh, and I don't expect, I don't expect a whole lot, um, to change. I don't expect a lot of improvement and difference in style. Um, I've said for a while and it's been mostly tongue in cheek because I'll just, I'll just say it and then I'll tell you why. So I've said for a while that 2020 is probably the soonest that there'll be legitimate contenders. Um, that's, that's kind of been my timeline. That's been, that's been my timeline for, a lot of the kids that we've needed to see up here. So for full turnover with the defense, um, for all of the goalies, the goalie stuff to work itself out, for Carter Hart to be here, for Felix Sandstrom to be in the system, and Brian hit the nail right on the head just in time for the lockout. And that's why it has been tongue-in-cheek. Like, that is going to be the year that the Flyers contend and there won't be a season because there's going to be a lockout. Um, but I do think that that's probably the timeline. That's probably the timeline. If they don't make the playoffs this season, it will be a massive disappointment and a massive underachievement. And and that should be the case moving forward for the next decade. Like they need to make steps from where they were last season. There's no reason why they shouldn't. There's no reason to continue playing it safe. There's no reason to continue to buy stop gaps. We've got, we have, um, oh, that's a good question, Steve. Um, I'll get to it in a second. Um, we have prospects in the system. We have players on the Phantoms right now that could step into NHL roles. We don't need more Dale Weeses. We don't need more Yori Lateras, Valtteri Filpolas. Um, oh, God. Who is the guy that we signed for a year just for, like, face-offs? And I can't... He lasted for, like, three games. Uh, it was two years ago. Um, it, Boyd Gordon. We don't need any more of those. We don't need any more of these stopgap guys. We have them. Cass, you're, you and me, we got this today. Um, I need there to be progress. Now, I, I have a really hard time 
believing that um, Phil Myers will make the team. I wasn't talking about Blair Betts. Calm down, Bobby. Um, I have a really hard time seeing Phil Myers make the team. I have a really hard time to see Phil Myers make seeing Phil Myers making the team, only because that doesn't seem to be Hexy's mo, and not only Hextall but Hextall. You know, it's 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 really hard for me to see him not spending another year in the AHL. Now, the injury to Samuel Moran might speed up this timeline, maybe. Um, they might, they might, they might want to replace, oh God, want to replace Manning, which is like, oh God, there, there's no bigger upgrade. There is no bigger upgrade in any position in the sport than replacing Brandon Manning with Phil Myers. Like, that is going from 0 to 100 in 0.5 seconds. Like, that's, there's no bigger upgrade. No bigger upgrade. So, I have a, oh, God, I really want it, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening because of the patience, patience, patience. And Myers was injured a lot this season. He missed a lot of time. I don't know whether Hextall is ready for him to make the jump, and I don't know whether Hextall is going to play him, which is always the bigger problem. Now, Steve earlier asked if Samuel Moran is a bust, and he said he's not calling him that. He's just seen other people say it, and I don't think so. Samuel Moran is one of my favorite prospects, only because let's, – let's talk about defense for a second. Um, you need – a well-rounded defensive core. And that's why traditionally they have there have been offensive defensemen and defensive defensemen. You've got the stay-at-home guys and you've got the puck guy, moving the puck guys. Um, I think that you need you need a little bit of both, right? But right now in the in the league that we have, you still need to be able to skate. <laughs> Bob says, we all want to see Manning gone. Sorry, but I think Bill needs $20 for a new wrestling shirt. <laughs> oh, God. No, we need him to not. I mean, he could sign somewhere else, but uh, not here. Um, so you need a, a well-rounded defensive core. You need guys that know how to skate. You know, we can't do any more Nick Grossman's. That's just not the way the league works. You need guys who know how to skate, but... You also need defensive defensemen. Not every defenseman is going to be an offensive-minded, puck-moving defenseman. But the fan base has fallen in love with them. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because we've got Shane Gostisbehere, who's a superstar in his own right. Like He is going to be probably for the, for the um, foreseeable future the face of USA Hockey. Um, which we needed a new one. Um, he is going to be one of the superstars for the Flyers. He is incredible. And he's an offensive-minded defenseman. And he's ours. Homegrown. We got him. 
So understandably so, everybody is in love with him. And then we've got Ivan Provorov, who is more of a two-way defenseman. He's not offensive-minded, but damn, the boy can skate, and he can move the puck. And then you've got Travis Sanheim, who is just like Shane Gostisbehere. He's an offensive-minded defenseman. He can skate better than just about anybody else I've seen play the game. And he can move the puck. He can score goals. He's got he's got a wrister on him. Um, I, I understand why this is happening. And then enter Phil Myers, right? Who is another probably closer to Provorov in 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 style. Uh, I'm hesitant to say that. Where he is a a solid two way defenseman, but he also leans more offensive. So at some point. You need somebody who's going to clear the porch. And you hope that a lot of these guys can still do that, you know, whether they, they make the mistakes and the puck ends up with on the other team's stick. Whatever, whatever happens, eventually someone is going to have to play defense. Someone has to play defense. And we know, we know Provorov is exceptional. Provorov is, is I, I'm not going to say a generational talent, talent but like, He's really friggin' good. Um, Phil Myers should also be really, really good. And I, I want him a lot on this team. But if you've got a guy who's six foot seven, who skates pretty well, he's okay with the puck. Uh, you need someone to clear the porch. You need you need someone to grab two guys by the back of their jerseys and throw them around a little bit, get them out of the crease. You need someone to clear the porch. And that is Samuel Moran. And that's why I'm, I'm really high on this guy because I think that he's the missing piece in the, the well-rounded defensive core. He, he, I wouldn't be as high on him if there weren't the, exceptionally skilled puck-moving defensemen in the system. I are, I know we already have a ghost. I know we already have a Sanheim. We've got a Proverall. We've got a Myers. He is the piece that completes the well-rounded core. Now, Robert Haig is, is probably similar in style to Samuel Moran, so you don't want to see them on the same pairing. You, you don't... Uh, <laughs> unless it's on the PK, which would work out pretty well for the both of their skill sets. Um... But that's that's where I am with all of the prospects. It makes a really well-rounded defensive core. This means we got to get Andrew McDonald the hell out of here. Rocco Gudis, sorry, bro, you're gone. This is all of the kids. But the wrench being thrown into the plan here is that Moran had to have surgery on his knee and is going to be out. I think, I think until February. Brian just said he's out until February. I believe that's right. Uh, about halfway through the season. Now, when he comes back, he will be with the Flyers. That's I'm saying this right now. It's June 16th. Mark it down. When he comes back, he will be with the Flyers. And that's not only... <laughs> and that's not only because... Um, he's subject to waivers. So he would have to clear waivers to go back down to Lehigh Valley... But he is going to complement the team. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Let me try and speak English here. I don't know what they're going to do up until that point. 
I, I don't know. You know, if they make if they make the trades, I'm seeing everybody mention Dougie Hamilton. Let's can we call him Douglas or Doug? Like I just can't with Dougie. Um I if if they make those moves, there's not gonna be room. Um if they bring up Myers, there's not gonna be room. I don't know what they're going to do because they have they have this giant contract of Andrew McDonald just clogging up the system. And the coach plays him. Um, oh, this is a great question from Barry. So let's talk about goalies. Uh, from Barry, I don't quite understand the Sandstrom situation. Is he under contract in Europe or is he only over there again this season because of the logjam? The answer is yes. So it's both. Um I think that if there were room for him here, he would come over. So he signed his his pro-level contract. Um, he could come over, but I, I don't think he's going to. I think that it's going to be Lion and Hart in net next year. Um, the year after is a whole different story. Now... I have complained about the goalie logjam for now a year because the wrong goalie was extended last season, which just created this disaster, right? So if Steve Mason had been extended instead of Michael Neuvert, then Anthony Stolarz could have come up to back up. Alex Lyon would have been starting in Lehigh Valley. Sandstrom could have come over then. Um, he does have... He does have his his SHL contract for another year, so he can continue to play over there. It's not going to hurt his development. He's playing against grown men. Um, he the competition in the Swedish Hockey League is about what they would see in the AHL. I think it's it's roughly the same. Um, so. It's, it's not hurting his development to stay in Sweden. I want him over here because I want to see him more. I want to see more of Felix Sandstrom. I want him to start getting used to the smaller ice. I want him to you know start getting to know the players in the organization. I want him here, but that's mostly selfish reasons. Um, Brian's trying to trade him, and let's not do that. Let's not do that, because he's going to be a good goalie, and we're going to need more than just Carter Hart. We're going to need more than Carter Hart. So I think that 2019-2020 um, is when we see Felix Sandstrom make the, the North America jump. Um, to the question of what would be Sandstrom's value... Um, you know, they traded Merrick Madsen and, what was it, Nick Cousins for a, a fifth-round pick and some guy last year. That's probably about it. Maybe a little bit more. Um, it's not much. You know, until these guys get to the NHL, it's, there's not a whole lot of value there. Um, all right. I've got... Probably another five minutes of questions left in me, and then I'm going to need to nap. What, what questions do you guys have for me here? Uh, from Bobby, who loses out between Lyon and Stolarz? I think it's Stolarz. I don't think that he's going to be in the system 
I don't think he's going to be in the system three months from now, unfortunately. You know, the, the timing of the injuries, I've heard that there's a lot of a lot of doubt about his ability to bounce back. You know, he he played three games in Reading. Um and I think he played a couple in Lehigh Valley and then he got injured again. I, I just don't I don't see them unless unless they want to use Redding. But but you know, that being said, they have goalies in Redding. You know, they've got oh crap, uh Tokarski, I feel like is a name. Um they've got guys in Redding. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with with Anthony Stolarz, but I I can't. I just don't see him in the system. I think that that's probably the um, the the most likely scenario is that um, he's just not qualified. Um, before we end here and keep keep asking questions, I've got a couple more minutes. Um, before we end on Friday, the 22nd, which is next Friday, and it is draft day, we are having a draft party in the city. It's on, it's at Tavern on Broad, which is right on Broad and Walnut, right on the corner of the, in the Bellevue building. So on the Southwest corner, um, we'll be there from six to 10. We'll probably be there after 10, but the party, the party officially ends at 10, um, We'll be there. All all of the TVs will be on the draft. Um, Bob, I would love to see Bozak as the 3C next year. I think that that would be a really good fit. Um, Half-off drinks. Everything except for Red Bull. And shots, I think. Half-off all drinks. Half-off appetizers for the full four hours. Um, we're all going to be there. I think every single person from Broad Street Hockey is going to be there. We're going to have some friends. Um, it's going to be a really good time. They pick at 14. They pick at 19 unless they move up um, or back. But um, we'll also be doing, probably after they make the picks, we'll do a Facebook Live. We'll, we'll do something. Um, it should be a lot of fun. I hope to see everybody there. Last year was a lot of fun. It was very sweaty, but it was a lot of fun. This this year, I, I made them promise that they're going to have working air conditioning, and it's underground, so there's there's a little bit better ventilation. It is it is right by right like right in the Bellevue food court off to the side. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. I hope to see everybody there. Um, there's a couple couple last questions. Uh, from Zach Moran or the buff guy from the Jets who wins the gloves who wins if the gloves drop Dustin Bufflin I mean hands down Samuel Moran is is tall but Bufflin is is a beefy boy Bufflin would would knock him around um from Brian should the NHL suspend Hoffman if he's covering up his girlfriend's harassment posts I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the problem here is is that it was targeting an, his, his captain's family. Um, 
and and while it's it's an off ice issue, and it wasn't necessarily Mike Hoffman that was doing the harassment, I don't have a good answer. I don't, I don't have a good answer to the the problem. There's no solution other than the both of them need to leave Ottawa as quickly as possible. Um, I I don't I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know whether Mike Hoffman is not to be dramatic and this is a little dramatic just in the way that I'm saying it but I don't know whether he's safe to make decisions in his relationship um so there I mean there's a lot of people that are judging him for not leaving her but I I don't believe I, I believe that there's a lot of manipulation a lot of emotional manipulation happening there uh so I don't know I don't know there's no there's no good solution there's no good solution to that problem and the fact that it's gotten this far is a disgrace. So the NHL has known about it for months. The, the, the NHLPA has known about it for months. The team has known about it for months. They both have to go at this point. And it's, it sucks. Um, and then Cass, I think this is probably going to be the last question. Things are slowing down here. Um, Thoughts on Stasny. I would really like Paul Stasny as the 3C. There's a lot of guys that I have my eye on for the 3C, and he's really high on that list. I think that he would be really good in that role, except he's not a good skater. He's not quick. Uh, depending on who you have on the third line with him, it's just going to slow people down. That being said, you know, Yuri Laterra is probably, probably, um, gonna be the fourth line center so now we just have two slow guys half the team is slow up the middle and that's just not not the way it works um i i i'm still reading comments about mike hoffman uh i really like paul stasny if your latera wasn't the 4c and he wasn't on the team i'd be a lot more gung-ho but he's just not a good skater not at this point um all right, well, that's about it for me. It's noon. Everybody go get some lunch. Go hang out by the pool. Do whatever you do on Saturdays. Um, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> it was really great talking to you guys. Thank you for being here with me. I really, really hope I see you all on Friday at Tavern on Broad in the city at 6 p.m. Uh, the draft doesn't start until 7.30, so there's a lot of good drinking time before, a lot of a lot of time to say hi to people there should be a good amount of flyers fans there so i'm very much looking forward to it and i hope to see you all there um and i think that's it for me so have a great weekend i'll talk to you soon hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation and i want to tell you about my new show it seemed smart it seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another seemed smart at the time those things might include Doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>